Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh -huh. All right. So the reason why you know, we can stress ourselves this much is because we know that family matters. Family matters. You know, marriage matters. Um, marriage is the first institution that God himself started. The first thing he did with mankind was marriage. That's the first thing. I always say that if God felt education would change the world, would have made Adam a professor or a principal. <laughs> the first thing he made Adam was a husband and a father. If God felt politics would change the world, would have made Adam a prime minister. The first thing he made Adam was a husband and a father. If God even felt the church would change the world, would have made Adam a pastor. The first thing he made Adam was a husband and a father. Because God believes in families. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually thought, you know, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for close to 30 years now. So I'm very jealous of our church. So I actually thought God would say that the church comes first. God said, no, the criteria to be a pastor is to run your home well. Yeah. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So that's how important family is. It's what qualifies you to even be a pastor. And COVID showed us that anything can be shut down. Schools were shut down, airlines were shut down, businesses were shut down, the only th even churches were shut down. The only thing that could not be shut down was family. So I'm just trying to show you that, look, the reason why you might want to marry might not be the reason God wants you to marry. Is somebody get what I'm saying? A lot of times, two people can do the same activity but for the wrong reason. So the reason why you might want to marry, because... Pastor, Pastor prayed about you married this year, and I saw that the amen was loud. And truly, and truly, everywhere we go, when we pray this kind of prayer, amen. But you see, a lot of times people are yearning to marry, but for the wrong reason. So this is why we we labor to preach all over the world. This is 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 difficult. It's tasking. It's stressful. We're literally on plane. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes we don't know where we are, what the time is, because we're changing time zones. You know. But we know that if one family gets it right, the impact is generational. Yes, if one family, if one person marries right, and that's the same way if one person marries wrong, it will take a few generations to correct it. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Everybody comes from a family. All the people causing harm in this world came from a family. And all the people doing good also came from a family. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So this is why family is so important and marriage is so important. So why do you want to get married? We have loads of books here. Please, please, I want to beg you, buy books. Not just my books, but good materials on marriage and listen to videos. Um, 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 you need to educate yourself. The biggest problem people have is that they, they stumble into marriage hoping it will work. If, if your marriage is not working, you are not unlucky, you are uninterested. <laughs> Did somebody get what I said? Apostle, I don't know if you've heard people say I'm unlucky with love. People say that, oh, I'm just unlucky. You're not unlucky, you're uninterested. Because you have to learn. You have to read. You have to study. I like to say that where you invest is where you harvest. This is why we have successful lawyers that have unsuccessful marriages. We have successful doctors that have unsuccessful marriages. And there's no mystery to it. They spend seven years studying law, seven years studying medicine, zero years studying marriage. So where they studied, they are successful there. Where they didn't study, they are unsuccessful there. 
as at two, two years ago or so, nine out of the ten richest men in the world were divorced. Nine out of ten. For you to be among the richest men in the world, do you know how smart you have to be? Do you know how many documents you have to read? Do you know how many meetings you have to be in? Do you know how many special advisors you need to have to be the richest man among the richest men in the world? You have a special advisor that has a special advisor that has a special advisor that has a personal assistant that has a personal assistant that has a personal assistant that has a secretary that has a secretary that has a secretary. Do you know how many staff you need to be among the 10 richest men in the world? These guys are genius. They are smart. Just uninterested in marriage. So that's why top 10, nine out of them are divorced. You must have heard of a guy called Larry King. Larry King is CNN's best presenter. Broke all the records. Best presenter. Larry King is married eight times before he died. Eight times. Literally a genius, uninterested. Because if you can understand presenting, if you can understand newscasting, if you can understand media, if you can understand politics, if you can understand uh, education, if you can understand entrepreneurship, you can understand marriage. You're just uninterested. How many people have been to Dubai before you have been to Dubai? Or at least you've heard of Dubai. Please, if you have not been to Dubai, make sure you go to Dubai. That amen should be louder than that of getting married. <laughs> go to Dubai. They, they usually say, see Dubai and die. Because it is breathtaking. Dubai is one of the finest cities in the world. One of my own favorite cities to visit. I've been to Dubai uh, roughly, I'm sure, up to 50 times. Roughly, yes. I mean, you, need, you can't finish seeing Dubai. Every time you go to Dubai, there's something new. Dubai as a city have, has broken 400 world records. Over 400 world records as a city. Over 400. Most of them are Guinness Book of Records. And the country started as a desert to a city that has broken over 400 world records. The king of Dubai is divorced five times. <laughs> How can you be, have such a genius mind that would take a desert to become the city that breaks over 400 world records and can't be happily married? He's not unlucky. He's uninterested. Do you know how many architectural books he has to read? Do you know how many um, management books, how many um, um, geography books, how many town planning books, meetings he has to be in to turn a desert to that city that breaks over? He's intelligent. These guys are smart, just uninterested. So, if you want to have, have a happy marriage, which is going to be worth it? Because you can retire from every other thing except family. So, having a happy marriage is worth it. If you want to have a happy marriage, then you have to be invested in relationship and marriage things. Learn a bit. Read some books. Subscribe to good YouTube channels. Learn a bit. <clears throat> I talked about marrying for the wrong reason. Why do you want to marry? I have a book here titled 25 Wrong Reasons people enter relationship. I always say if you enter relationship for the wrong reason, you have entered with the wrong person. If you enter for the wrong reason, you have most likely entered with what? The wrong person. So that's why everybody says, I want to marry. The question is, why do you want to marry? Because if you are marrying for the wrong reason, say, I'm pastor, I'm lonely. <laughs> you are going to be disappointed because the cure, of, the cure to loneliness is not marriage. Apostle, I tell people all the time, there's only one thing worse than being single and lonely. That is being married and lonely. <laughs> That's the only thing worse than being single and lonely. It's being married and lonely. And pastor, they, and single people don't know this. They love married people that are lonely. Oh, listen to me, child of God. I know you're thinking, you know, this is what I'm saying. You have all kinds of vain and vague ideas of what marriage is. That if I marry this man, will entertain me. This woman will just keep me up. You are joking. 
He's going to have two jobs to meet with the bills. He's not going to, and when he comes back from those jobs, he's too tired to talk to you. So if you are lonely now that you are single, you'll be lonely in marriage. A, a lizard that is single doesn't become an alligator because he's married. <laughs> is somebody getting what I'm saying? Marriage doesn't change much. So if you want to be more fulfilled and happy with yourself, find it now. Don't put that responsibility on any human being. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So loneliness is not the absence of affection. Loneliness is the absence of direction. Very important. It's not the absence of affection. It's the absence of direction. So you don't marry to cure loneliness. You find purpose to cure loneliness. Are you getting what I'm saying? Glory to God. <laughs> so why do you want to get married? If you're married for the wrong reason, you most likely marry the wrong person. Some people marry, they see marriage as their financial plan. <laughs> I want to marry out of poverty. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Doc, I had somebody, I had somebody in my church many years ago. He came and said, Pastor, I'm getting married. I said, How come? You know, when we when I saw you last, we we're not talking about marriage. He said, Pastor, there's this girl that has been chasing me since I was a teenager. She has been chasing me since I was in school. Uh, uh, but now she told me she just made one million naira. If I can confirm that she really made more million naira, I'm going to marry her. Real life story. I said, you want to make a permanent decision because of a temporary breakthrough. <laughs> I said, by the time you guys plan a wedding, rent a house, do some other things, that money will be over. And you'll be stuck with that woman for the rest of your life. <laughs> if you marry for the wrong reason, you have most likely married the wrong person. So I listed 25 wrong reasons. This will help you censor your heart why you want to marry. It's a good book for every single person to get. It will help you censor your heart. You know why you do want to marry this person. And you see, your feelings are so deceptive. Your feelings are real, but they are not always right. Oh, is somebody getting what I'm saying? This is where people get in trouble. They confuse the fact that, but this is how I feel. Yes, you can feel that way and be wrong. Have you ever felt somewhere about somebody and you were so upset and so sad and later when you got the details, you found out that what you, were, what you thought you knew about that situation wasn't the truth? Has it happened before? But your feelings at that time was real. So your feelings can be real and not be true. Your feelings can be real and not be right. Your feelings can be real and not be final. You can change how you feel. Oh my God. Somebody get what I'm saying? Because there are people that feel, I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love. I'm going to die here. I will love you forever. You know that song we just... Then two weeks time, the love just fades. Your feeling was real, but it wasn't final. Is somebody get what I'm saying? So please get this book, everybody. And by the way, um, if Pastor thinks it's okay, we'll be available to sign some books after the... Yeah, we'll be available. would you really like to sign and meet our people? This one is titled, When Am I Ready? So you don't marry when you are lonely, you marry when you are ready. So it's important you become ready. All right? Your readiness... People, I discover when it comes to marriage, people have high expectations but low preparation. High expectations but what? Low preparation. Don't focus on finding love. Focus on developing yourself. Focus on developing yourself. We don't find love, we attract love. So, when am I ready? I answered the question so that you know when you're ready. It's not when you're lonely. It's when you're ready. Praise God. Are there guys in the house today? Yes. Yes, I can't hear you. Are there guys in the house today? Yes, 
Ah, I still can't hear you. Are there guys in the house today? <laughs> if you're a single guy, this book is for you. It's titled Seven Qualities Wise Men Want. Guys are not as complex and complicated as women are. That's the truth, ladies. Guys are very straightforward, single-minded, no stress. So when it comes to this marriage thing, guys just want to move quickly and just pick somebody. You know, they just don't have time for... Women have too much criteria. Men have too little criteria. Women have too much. He must be tall, dark, funny, loyal, spiritual. <laughs> Handsome. He said, there's a Washington with the touch of Apostle Oscar. <laughs> women can mix ten great men together in one. As their dream. That's what women have too much criteria. But men on the other hand have too little criteria. Pastor, most of the men I've met in a crisis marriage, when I, one of the questions I always ask them is, why did you not pick this woman? Because come and say, Pastor, this woman is stubborn, she's annoying, she's fighting, she give me all the complaints. I say, so why did you marry her? Tell me how you picked this woman. And 90% of the time, without fail, the men just say, I, just, I was just in church one day. I just saw her passing by. Something just told me, this is your wife. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 99% of the time, this is how guys pick a wife. I was just in church, I was just singing. I just told myself. This is it. They don't go through any process. They don't understand that there are qualities to look out for. They just pick anybody and start struggling in the relationship. That's why my professor, Professor, uh, professor Emeritus, one of the best relationship coaches and marriage coaches ever in the world, world-renowned, Professor Emeritus, this guy even did research that even Harvard has not done. And he wrote a lot of books on relationship and marriage. Most of you know him. You, everybody knows him. His name is Professor Solomon David. You know Solomon David? In the Bible. <laughs> he wrote a lot of books, a lot of theories, a lot of papers, a lot of theses. Um, it's a professor. professor. He did research that even Harvard has not done. He did research of what it means to have 1,000 women in your life. Even Harvard doesn't have any such research. <laughs> 1,000. Solomon had 1,000 women in his life at the same time. And it wasn't digital age, so he wasn't sending them bulk SMS. It wasn't bulk email. He was dating this one by one. He was visiting them or they were visiting him. 1,000. So this means if you see him today, your next appointment is in the next three years. Yeah. August 15, 2026. Because three, you've got at least five days in a year, and you have 1,000, so you need three years to go through round. <laughs> After his research, one of the advice he gave men, he told men, beauty fades. Charm is deceitful. He said, a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So that's the m mistake most men make. They marry because of beauty. She's just a fine girl, I'll marry her. The way she makes me fun, I talk to her, I'll marry her. No, God told, men, God told the men, listen, Beauty fades. Not beauty is bad. Beauty is not bad. Just that it fades. Charm is not bad. Just that it can deceive you to make a permanent commitment because of a temporary feeling. He says, instead, look out for her character. He said, a woman that fears the Lord will do you good all the days of your life. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So most times, men just marry because of looks. Men, listen, all the men I've met in crisis marriages, and trust me as a man, you, are, see, you need to marry right because your life will just either go down incredibly because of who you marry or go up incredibly. A marriage will make or marry you. The Bible said a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband's head. When you marry right, you go up. 
when you marry right, you go up. When you marry wrong, you go down. That's what the Bible says. He that finds what finds a good thing and obtains what? Favor. So, men, you must understand. And most men don't even know their own needs. Most men don't know. Yet they are not in touch. Because, because men don't develop emotionally as women do, men are not in touch with the real needs they have relationally. They are just roughening life, ruggeding life. So, just see a fine girl. She's fine. That's all you can say about her. You want to marry her. Here, I listed about seven qualities you need to look out for as a man. You must know what, what is important for you as a man as you are getting married. One of it, I'll mention one of it. One of it is peace of mind. <laughs> as a man, listen, peace of mind is not just a luxury, it's a necessity for you. The way your brain works, you need to understand why it is so. The way your brain works, your brain is very deep and slow. So, this is why the way a woman thrives in crisis is different from how a man thrives in crisis. Crisis will shut a man's mental ability down. For women, it doesn't affect them much. Mentally. Because a woman's brain is way more advanced. A woman thinks with the two sides of her brain at the same time. She juggles it. This is why you can be trying to make love with your wife at night. She's asking if the door is locked. <laughs> one brain is having sex with you. That one is checking the house. Checking everything. Sweeping. Checking if she has put the food in the fridge. She has two sides of her brain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. She has two sides to her brain. So the way crisis or chaos affects her mind is not the way it affects yours. Crisis and chaos as a man will shut your mind down. You will lack and lose ability to program and to think and to project. And for you as a man, you can't move your life from where it is to where you need to get to without thinking. A woman thinks on her feet. She's way more complex and complicated. So women don't understand when men say they want to go and think. <laughs> women don't get it. I say, so as you're standing here, you're not thinking. Because for a woman, as she's, she's thinking on her feet, her mind works very fast. So she's talking and thinking, thinking and talking, talking. And in fact, the more she talks, the better she thinks. <laughs> for men, men always need to think about their response. So when you tell them, they say, let me go and think. Then they'll go and sit down for a few hours. Very slow. But deep, but slow. Because that's how your mind is wired. So if you don't know that, you just go and marry without considering your peace of mind. You marry a woman that will keep stressing you, and you can't think, you can't project. For men, if, you are th if, you are, if, you're, if your life is here, and you want to think about map a route to get it to that point, as you are thinking in the day, you are just meditating, and you get to this point. If you are interrupted... You have to start again. So women don't understand that. So when I taught my wife this kind of thing, my wife understood that once in a while she needs to give me space. Because if, if a woman doesn't know this and she sees you doing like this, she say, what are you thinking about? And the man will just say, nothing. And she will say, no, I saw you looking, you are thinking about something. And now the man is saying, no, nah, I'm thinking about what to tell you I'm thinking about because I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> because women don't, women don't understand that we, we need appointment to think. They don't get it because they think on their feet. Why she's doing things, she's thinking. She's wondering why do you need to go and sit down to think. So you're here, you're not thinking. Because her mind is wired differently. So for you as a man, as a man peace of mind is such a, a, an expensive commodity. You must guard it. You can't marry a woman that doesn't give you peace. If she's stressing you now during dating, she will stress you more in marriage. Peace of mind. Most men don't know. You just pick any woman you see. No, there are seven qualities you must look out for. Look, marriage changed my life. If you marry, your life doesn't significantly... DJ, I don't know if you can find... Is there someone putting scripture for me? 
Just some putting scripture for me at the back. Get that scripture that says, um, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Honey, what's that? What's this? Is it Proverbs 14? Yeah? DJ, find it for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I call the guys that mix scripture DJ for me. Yes, they mix scriptures. I call them DJ. <laughs> is somebody get what I'm saying? So a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband's head, if you can find it. So the, the point is that the way women thrive in chaos is not how men thrive in chaos. Women, a lot of things that men call stress, it's not even stress to women. They did a research, they put some machines in a man and a woman's body when they were having a serious argument and quarrel. They found out that the man's heartbeat, heart rate, high blood pressure, everything went up. They put the same machine on the woman, serious quarrel, it was on the same. <laughs> so when the man is saying, you are disturbing me this argument, she said, we are not arguing, we are just talking. <laughs> Nothing, it doesn't affect her, she can thrive in chaos. She, she, this, this heavy discussion and argument for her is just talking. Her, everything is just normalized, stable. While the man's, this is why most times, when there's a heated argument, men need to leave the room. They need to leave the place. They can't handle it. And if they don't leave, usually it might result into domestic violence. They need to leave. But women, oh, they can have a full-on two hours screaming and shouting argument. And they say, oh, that was nice. <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> Beautiful. Look at this. He said an excellent wife is the what? Crown of her husband. But she who causes shame is like rottenness. DJ, can you get a TPT version? Do you, are you able to get different versions? If you can get me TPT. TPT is the passion translation. Ah, DJ, come on. You got to make me proud. If you can play the band, you can play this one. <laughs> DJ, if you can get the band, you can get this one. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like the way the TPT says it. <laughs> Only if you can find them, just read from there if, if, while they are searching. You just go online, you'll see it now. Just do online. I like the way TPT says it in particular. All right? It's Proverbs 12, verse 4, yes. Just give me, my wife will bring it up. So, so the point is, as a man, I listed seven things, basically, that are qualities you must look out for. No matter how fine that girl is, please picture it, check it. Are there wise women in the house? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have the sequel, the other part of this book. is titled, let me, let, me, let me read this verse first. Hope I'll see your screen. Now. <laughs> Guys, when you get old, you'll know what I'm talking about. Honey, come and read it. I can't see. <laughs> Can you make it bigger? Or oh, you read it? Okay, read it. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife. <laughs> the integrity and strength of a virtuous wife transforms her husband into an honored king. But the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength of his identity. Okay. The integrity and strength of a virtuous wife transforms her husband into an honored king. But the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength of his identity. Yeah. Thank you, DJ. So did you get that? So when you marry right, trust me. That's why when I see, Pastor, when I see single people saying, uh, the reason I'm not married is that I'm trying to put things together. I'm trying to get my act together. Mm -mm. Marry, then that's when your wife will help you get things together. <laughs> I get what I'm saying? You've been trying to get it together on your own since. It's going to take too long, man. It's going to take too long. Marry a virtuous woman. That thing that is taking you long, the woman will just come and put it together in one minute. She'll just put it together. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, listen, if you're a single man, I don't care how well you're doing. 
a woman will incredibly multiply your success. Especially a good woman. Don't go and marry a witch. I'm talking about a good woman. A good woman will incredibly what? Multiply your success. I don't care how well you are doing. I don't care how well you are doing right now. A good woman. Women are created to multiply. Whatever you give to them, they multiply it. If you give them stress, they will give you trouble. If you give them kindness, they will give you love. If you give them a seed, they give you a child. That's how they are. Women multiply whatever. They never give you back the way you give it to them. They multiply it. So if you marry a good woman, that's your small dream, your small um, project, the things you're doing, a woman will just multiply it. It will just grow. My life changed when I got married. Totally changed. And I was telling myself, why didn't I marry earlier? And I've been on my mind, I'll tell men all over the world, marry today. If you can. Marry today. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> because the, you are starting to put things together, a woman will help things get together quickly. Praise God. He said, the integrity and strength of a virtuous wife transforms her husband into what? An honored king. Ah, I've experienced this thing. I've experienced it. In my field, I'm an honored king. And largely because of this kind of woman that I married. I'm telling you. I kid you not. He said, but the wife who disgraces her husband weakens the strength. So you must marry right. So, wise ladies, can I hear another amen? Amen. So I have another book here titled, Seven Questions Wise Women Ask. I hope you have it. You don't, you're not sure if you have it. Please, in case, first of all, don't wait for me to talk about all my books. All my books are good. Buy all of them. Yes, all right? So don't wait till I will talk. All of, if it's my name dies on it, just buy it. <laughs> I'm telling you, if it's marriage, buy it because I'm always trying to answer a question. Then secondly, we also have them on Amazon. So just in case you don't get enough copies here, go on Amazon and get them. Seven questions why women ask. Apostle, uh, Dr. Triumph also knows this. Women ask the best questions when they are not in love. They ask the best question when they are in love. Once they are in love, once they are in love, they can marry a mad person. They ask the best questions when they are not in love. I can tell when a woman is not in love by the questions she's asking me. Say, Pastor, this guy doesn't have a job. Or his income is so and so. And I'm worried about how comfortable our family will be if he's earning this amount. He's asking smart questions. When she's in love, this guy doesn't have a job. He has no job, no sense, no spirituality, no pastor, no church, no nothing. And she say, I love him. Women ask the best questions when they're not in love. So women, I wrote this book, Seven Questions Wise Women Ask, to help you know the questions to ask. There are seven of them. Why all wise women should ask these questions? Seven good questions. One of the questions you should ask a guy is, why me? So I want to marry you, say, why me? So I love you, say, why? Let him explain what it means. Because we always confuse attention with intention. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, don't confuse attention with what? Intention. It's not everybody chasing you that is chasing you for a good reason. Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm saying. Somebody can be chasing you to snatch your purse. So, all chasing is not good chasing. It depends on why they are chasing you. When you say, why me? You will start to know the reasons why he wants to marry you. And those reasons are very important. I broke down some of those things in the book. On that good question you ask a man is who is your pastor? Who are your mentors? Who are your influences? 
When you marry a man, you'll find out men don't really hear with their ears. They don't hear with their ears. If I ever advised a man before, you know what I'm talking about. They are quite slow with hearing. They do better with seeing. Men do better with models. You need to create, and that's why whenever I go to a church that the husband and wife work in partnership, they play, they dance, they do ministry together, it's very important for the church members to have a model. It's right for the men in the house. Men learn how to treat a woman by the models they have. Women are great with listening to seminars. Men are not great with listening to seminars. Men are great with seeing seminars. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So don't marry a man that has no pastor, has no influence, has no model. Or if his, if his mentors and mothers are people that have been married seven times <laughs> and that beat their wives, don't marry him. But I dealt with the seven questions. Please make sure you get it. There's one book here titled, Who Should I Marry? Let me ask your neighbor, who should I marry? I found out most people don't know the qualities to look out for in a spouse. They ask one pretty lady, and what are the qualities you want in a, in a, in a husband? She said he must be tall, dark. Real life, I was shocked. How is tall a quality she look for in a husband? How is dark? They are tall arm robbers. <laughs> they are tall loafers. They are tall adulterers. That's not the qualities to look out for in a man. It's a good thing to have, but that's not. When they say, what are the qualities you want in a husband? Tall is not what you should come out of a man first. There are real stuff to look out for, but many people don't know the qualities to look out for. In that book, Who Should I Marry? I listed 10 things, 10 C's. They're all letter C's that you should look out for in who you want to marry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. There are 10 of the C's. Qualities you must look out for if you're a born-again Christian and you want to get married. Number one quality, the person should be in Christ. You can't be a Christian and marry someone that's not a Christian. Ah, when I go into today's message, you understand. Listen. Love is in phases. Love have different meanings. Sometimes when people are saying, I love you, I'm married, it's very different from when the reality hits. Two weeks, two months, two years down the line, you will find out that getting along is more important than getting aroused. Mm. Did you hear that? Getting along is more important than getting aroused. So, both of you being of the same faith matters a great deal because you have the same things controlling you. You have the same standards set for you. You have the same things that you respect and you value. There are some arguments or discussions that you shouldn't have. You both of you are solid Christians. You both of you are, you see, when I met my wife, she was, you see, I'm not talking about somebody that you are the one trying to convert them into Christianity. Look for someone that already loves the Lord and knows the Lord. The discussions will be at a level. I've never had to show my wife scripture that the Bible says, oh, you should, women should submit, women should do this. Never had to do that because she already knows the Bible for herself before I met her. So when we talk, we already talk as two people that are submitted under God. The reason why submission is hard for many women is that they are marrying men that are not submitted to God. If you marry a man submitted to God, you will love submission. Submission is nice. Trust me, you don't want to be the one. See, as a woman, you don't want to be the one thinking about all the problems of your life. You like somebody else to take care of you. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? No woman hates submission. They just hate the men that they are submitting to. Oh, somebody didn't get what I said. Somebody didn't get what I said. No woman hates submission. No mind what anybody's saying. What they hate is the man that they have chosen. Because everybody submits. When you go to the hairdressing salon and they said, okay, sit there for 10 minutes. We'll attend to you. You're gonna, you see that woman that doesn't submit at home. She'll just go and sit gently. 
When they say, can you stand up, madam, this way? She will just follow. <laughs> Sit here, bend your head back. She will just obey. She will just submit. Why? Because she knows that hairdresser is about to make her look beautiful. Yeah. Women have no problem with submission. When you're on the, when you're on the, women even submit to, 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 to traffic light. That's the human being. <laughs> Says red, you just stop. You don't know the traffic light. Never met him before. <laughs> so you have no problem with submission. You're on the plane and say, everybody, fasten your seatbelt. You just... <laughs> You have never seen the pilot talking to you, but you obey. So women have no problem with submission. They are only scared that the person that they have chosen is not after their interest. And one of the ways you make sure he's after your interest is that he also submits to God. And the scriptural structure God gave is that the head of every man is the woman. I mean, the head of every woman is the man. The head of that man is Christ, and the head of Christ is God. There's a structure. So you marry an unbeliever, he's not in that structure. So you aren't even talking on the same platform. Let him be in Christ. Second C is his character. If they ask you what qualities you want in a man or a woman, your first few things you mention have to be their character. Are they kind? Are they loyal? Are they truthful? The person lying with you now will lie to you. Did you get that? If he's working with you, let's lie to our parents. Let's lie to our siblings. Let's lie to the pastor. If you guys are lying together, he will lie to you. What is his character? Because not everybody in church that is in Christ. Are you here, somebody? It's not everybody in church that has a Christ-like character. A church is a hospital. Everybody comes. Every good church attracts all kinds of people. Every good church attracts fraudsters. Attracts prostitutes. If you're a good church, Jesus' church had fraudsters. Jesus' church had prostitutes. He had to cast out devils from them. But they had those people in every good church. And sometimes some are responding to treatment. Some are not responding to treatment. <laughs> <laughs> That's why in our old church, we always encourage people, before you fall in love with someone, before you marry someone, talk to the chief medical officer, <laughs> a.k.a. the pastor. He has all the files, the medical files of all the patients in the church. So I say, hey, man, there's this guy called John in the ushering department. He's, we're kind of getting close. He seems he's interested in me. And pastor said, John, 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 John. <laughs> we have his file here. He joined the church five years ago. Never has paid tithe. Never has... Never gives. He's, he's, he's very disloyal. He has dated 16 ladies since he joined. Counsel can save your life. Are you here, somebody? So get the book, Who Should I Marry? I broke down the 10 C's. Two more books, and I'll share a bit tonight. We're in the love month, right? I have a book titled, by the way, my wife has a book here titled One Thing. It's a very good book. If I, see, any of my wife's book, if you, don't, if you don't have so much money, buy my wife's book, leave my own. She's a better writer than me. So I have a book titled, How to Know If He or She Really Loves You. We're in the love month. Hmm. When, people, when anybody tells you I love you, ask him which kind. <laughs> oh, I'll get to that in my message because I'm going to talk about love a bit today. Let me leave. But the book is good. Get the book. Um, I want to do one more. I have, do we still have A to Z of marriage? Do we still have it at all? Okay, that one is a best-selling book, and it finishes quickly. So please, after the service, rush and make sure you get that one. A to Z of mine. So what we did, Apostle, we found out that when you tell a man, love your wife, he doesn't know what that means. Is it, when I say, love your wife, what does it mean? In practical steps. You don't know what it means. If I tell a woman, love your husband. It doesn't, so we found out that people were getting confused. So we had to, I and my wife did a book titled A to Z of Marriage. So what we did is that we broke down what love means to a woman in alphabetical order, A to Z. We broke down what love means to a man, alphabetical order, A to Z. And when you go to school, the first thing they teach is alphabets. Am I correct? That's the first thing. If you don't learn alphabets, you can't teach you another thing. So we did A to Z. So I coached the women, tell them what love means to a man, 
my wife coached the men, teaching them what love means to a woman. I hope they have the book here. I think they do. So we broke it down. It's very easy to read the alphabetical order. So I taught, we taught the women, A for men is acceptance. A for men is what? Acceptance. Men like acceptance. All right? I'm not talking about accepting their bad behavior or like uh, um, abuse, but I mean their basic lifestyle and things. Men like acceptance. Uh, maybe he's the kind of guy that eats and makes loud noises. <laughs> As a woman, your first job is not to say, Why are you a bushman? You are disgracing yourself. Why is Men like acceptance. When you go there, say, Hey, honey, I like the way you enjoy food. You really enjoy your food. He'll say, Thank you. <laughs> A man can do anything if he, if he feels you are his ally and that you accept him. This is why most men love their mothers. Their mothers give them unconditional love. Their mothers see all their flaws and it doesn't change how she feels about him. So she, they're usually attached to their moms. They, they never get that kind of love from any other person. Somebody gets what I'm saying. Men like acceptance. That's why men, usually they like to be in groups where they are totally accepted. This is why men like to go to bars and pubs. In a pub, you, you, don't, don't you say that will make anybody worried? If you say I killed somebody, I said, you say, ha, 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 you're a bad guy. Take one shot. Take one shot on me. Nobody's upset there. Everybody's drunk. Nobody's upset. <laughs> Men like acceptance. And this is particularly important for women because the average woman, guys, this will help you. I'm about to reveal, reveal women's secrets. The average woman, from the day she meets you or she starts thinking she might marry you or accept your offer to date her, She's already making a mental note of all the things she's going to change about you. You can see they're laughing. They know it's the truth. Say, hmm, this is your hairstyle. We're going to change it. This is your beard. Don't like it. Your dress sense, your trouser is too baggy. Change it to slim. Women make a mental note. Say, your teeth, they're not on the same line. We're going to file it. They make a mental note of everything they're going to... And it's not their fault. Women are fixers. They never leave anything the same way they met it. They are fixers. So from the day she's considering you, she'll start making a mental note of all the things she's going to change about you before she ever takes you to her friends. You can't go like this. See you. <laughs> Most men don't know. They've finished you. They're going to change everything. You're going to turn you upside down. I didn't have beard. I didn't have afro when my wife met me. So I'm talking from experience. I had skin cut, totally shaven, and no beard. But my, I'm looking better, Abby. When they fix you, you'll be happy they did. But the challenge is that women are impatient with that fixing process. They want to rush and do it. No, relax. First, let him know you accept him the way he is. Once he feels comfortable, you can get him to do anything. But women rush. Say, change your dressing. Change your dressing. And men hate control. He had, his mother has controlled him all his life. He's saying, I can't wait to marry to be the king of my house. He now went to marry you. <laughs> and you are continuing the control. Apostle, I was counseling a major general, a major general in the army that has people under his control. His wife was trying to tell him something, and she, her desire was right, but she was trying to force him to do it at the time she wants to do it. And the man said, I hate control. I will do anything to resist control. I said, okay, you're a major general. You control people. <laughs> but you see, he hates control. I may hate control. Even when you are right, if you're trying to control them, they resist. So you must never try to control a man. You influence a man. Are you here, somebody? All right, praise God. So we taught women that A for men is acceptance. We taught the men, on the other hand, A for women is attention. Yeah. Women like attention. You can't date or marry a woman and you don't give her attention. That's a punishable offense. 
you'll be arrested. You'll be arrested and sentenced to two years of hard labor. That's a crime. You have to give her attention. Everything about a woman is for attention. Her hair is for attention. That's why she doesn't have our kind of hair. She has something, either a wig or a style. It's for attention. Her dressing is a bit tighter for attention. It's a bit more colorful for attention. Everything about her, her nails has color. Her eye, everything has color. Do you know how many colors women put on their face every day before they come out? <laughs> everything is for attention. Then she does all that, and the one thing she desires is the thing you are not giving her because you are busy. Oh God, you cannot be that busy. <laughs> so you need to give her attention. You can't, you can't go a whole day without keeping in touch, without checking on her. Even if both of you left the same house for, to work during the break, during the day, just check on her. She likes attention. Women like attention. So you must master that. She can't come into the house. She comes back, comes to the house, and you just continue watching your match. You're watching what you're watching. And you say, hey, welcome. No. Stop what you're doing for a few minutes. Remove your eyes from there and look at her and welcome her. Make her know and feel that someone special just got home. Very important. If she's talking to you, keep your phone down. See, guys, let me give you the tip. Let me give you a tip. Women don't need all of your attention. They just need your full attention. There are two different things. I know it sounds funny, but there are two different things. A woman doesn't need your 24 hours attention. But while she's talking to you for those few minutes, she needs your full attention. So keep your phone down. The reason why she would disturb you all the day is that throughout the day, you didn't give her any full attention. You're talking to her saying, hey, yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. I'm a... You need to keep your phone down. Just look at her. For... Once you feel her attention tank, she's the one that will release you to go and watch the match. <laughs> feel her tank. So it's very simple. So women need your full attention, not your all day attention. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Give her attention. Look at her when she's talking to you. Don't just continue. So men need to keep your phone down. Keep your phone down. Are you here, somebody? I'll end with R, then I'll start today's message. I'll end with R. R. <laughs> Usually, if I teach three days, I won't scratch the surface of what I have to teach. So I'll just unload as many as I can. When I'm tired, I'll just sit down. R for men, for men is respect. We coach the women. R for men is respect. And this confuses women worldwide. What do you mean by respect? Is it that women too don't need respect? What do you mean? Calm down. This, your question is even disrespectful. <laughs> Let me drink water. <laughs> is that the respect we are talking about? <laughs> men like respect. In Ephesians 5.31, the Bible spelled out a major uh, principle of marriage. It said, let every, is it 33? 33, sorry. Ephesians 1.33. Ephesians 5.33. I'm getting tired. <laughs> but I still have time, don't worry. Are you there, DJ? <laughs> DJ, what's going on? Ephesians 5.33, DJ. Ephesians 5.33. Okay. He said, nevertheless, let each one of you particularly so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she what? So I didn't write this. I didn't write this. It's then the Bible, because women always argue. Now what do you mean? If we love each other, it shouldn't matter. The reason why you say that is because for you as a woman, the primary thing you need is love. 
and because women are the ones that usually teach relationship seminars, they've given the idea that once there's love, the marriage will work. Absolutely not. That's just from your point of view. From men's point of view, once there's respect, the marriage will work. So the way God did it, the thing that each party needs is what he asks them to give. The thing that each party struggles to give is what he asks them to give. God didn't bother to give all the principles of marriage. He just focused on what will be difficult for you, but will get you the best results. For men, men struggle to love. That's why God told them, love your wife. For women, women struggle to respect. And God said, that's why you should respect your husband. The reason why women struggle to respect is that woman finds it hard to love somebody she doesn't respect. So if she doesn't feel loved, she will give you disrespect by nature. Because she's upset. So she wish she would talk to you, you won't like it. So God said, you know what? Our for men is respect. Men like respect. And when God was saying that, if you notice, God really wasn't telling uh, men to make sure their wives respect them. God wasn't telling men to make sure they force their wives to submit. That conversation was not even between God and men. God was telling women, look, when I say submit and respect your husband, it's not because he's, he's, he's superior to you. I'm teaching you the best way to get results from him. So that was God coaching women. God was not siding with men. When God said, told women, respect your husband, it's not because God thinks men are smarter or better. God is saying, look, for the piece of equipment you just bought, the best way to get him to do things is to respect him. Pastor, when we got married, the wedding, one of the first wedding gifts we got in my house, I bought two pit bulls. Two. I don't know if you guys know about pit bulls. Pit bulls are crazy dogs. Very crazy dogs. They are banned in some countries. I mean, if pit bulls bite on something, almost impossible to get it out. If I those my two pit bulls I'm talking about, they fought one day. Somebody threw a piece of meat, only one piece of meat, for the two of them. So they fought that day. And one of them grabbed the tie of the other one. And we beat, we punched, we kicked, we shouted, we hit stick. It did not remove that bite. By the time we eventually pulled it out, the skin came out of it. And immediately, it released that one. The other one beat the other one on the face. <laughs> so we started all over again, appealing to him, please, release your brother. <laughs> He's your brother. <laughs> release him. So I'm trying to show you how, what pit bulls are. They are crazy animals. They, they are banned in some countries. If they bite you, don't, nothing gets them out. And the holes, the hole on that other one's face, you will see the, four, the, jo- the, the holes of the teeth, it's big holes like this. So when we bought those dogs, they told us, look, you can't have a dog like this without learning how to treat dogs. So we got a trainer to train us how to train the dogs. I'm just trying to show you, see the investment we made for dog. Then you, you want to get married to a full human being. And you don't want training on how to train the man or train the woman. We got a trainer that trained us on how to train the dog. That these dogs are wild. That, and these dogs, they are pack animals. It means they don't respect you because you are appealing to them. They respect you because you are the alpha male. Because they are animals. They only respect the strongest. So they began to show us that if you are going to give these dogs command, if you say sit and it doesn't sit, don't repeat the command. Because it means you didn't believe the first one. He said, don't repeat. Like if you say sit, don't sit, don't have any interaction with that dog again until it obeys that first command. But for us, normally that don't train, we just sit, sit, please sit, please sit down. So these dogs are wild. They're not gonna, they, will just, they will just think your authority is not worthy to, you know. So they had to train us. I'm just saying all this to say, if we did all that for a dog, then how do you want to marry a full human being that has a different background from you, different upbringing, different culture, different ideology, and you think you don't need to learn? You'll make it. <laughs> You'll make it. 
<laughs> so, so, what was I saying first I said this story? I'm talking about dog. What was I saying first I said talking about dog? Respect. Respect. Thank you. Thank you for those that are listening. Some people are listening. It means I, I was talking about my dog. <laughs> Thank you for those. Some people have really got to think about a dog. <laughs> Thank you for those that are listening. So, men need respect. So, God was just coaching women. I said, look, the best way to get results out of this guy is respect him. He will do anything you want him to do. It was a conversation between God and women. Men were not even there. So when I see men trying to enforce submission, it says, none of your business. You were not even in that conversation. It was just God coaching his daughters that, hey, ladies, these guys, they are very heady. If you respect him, he will get so used to respect, he will do anything you want. He will get used to praise. Praise him. He will do anything he wants. You see, the way men and women are wired, if you tell a woman she's not doing something right, she will do everything within her power to prove you wrong. If you tell a man he's not doing something right, he will do everything within his power to prove you right. So if you tell a man, you're a useless man, you say, Amen. <laughs> I will show you what it means to be useless. <laughs> it doesn't motivate him to change. But if you tell a woman you're not a good man, she's struggling to prove to you that what do you mean? I'm doing my best. I mean, if you tell a man, yeah, you, you're a foolish man, you say, I'm really foolish. You will see foolishness today. <laughs> Praise God. Can I have a handkerchief or something? <laughs> Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So... R for men is respect. I've done, I've done thousands of counseling sessions all my life. In the 27 or 28 years I've been a counselor, I've done thousands of marriage counseling sessions. And 99% of the time, when couples sit, thank you, when couples sit in front of me and I ask them what's the problem, the guy summarizes everything into one phrase. She doesn't respect me. And I kid you not. This is 99.9%. I kid you not. I'm just leaving the point one, just in case I forgot one. But all the ones I can remember, 99% of the time, the guys complain is that she doesn't respect me. So ladies, don't marry a man you can't respect. And if you choose to marry that man, please respect him. You can tell him anything respectfully. And women always ask him, so Pastor, how do I know I'm respecting him? Very simple. Your tone, the timing, your choice of words, and your attitude. Your tone when you're talking to him, your choice of words when you're talking to him, your, um, what does that say? Timing, not when his club is losing. <laughs> he's watching man you lose, and you want to have a serious, he's upset with the whole world at that time. The timing matters, or he's just back from work, he's so stressed, he can't even think. And you want, that's why you have to have a serious conversation, he's not going to listen to you. He's going to see you as an enemy. Alright, then attitude. Women, you are champions with attitude. Women can have a full one-hour conversation without words. Just by attitude. They're singing, but that song has meaning. Women can have a full one-hour conversation without words. If I know songs like my wife is singing these songs, I'm in trouble. If I just hear my wife singing, you are too faithful to fail me. Ah, I said, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? I'll start thinking, huh, what have I done? <laughs> because that's not, not, that's a war song. That's not a worship song. It's a war song. <laughs> so women, you are champions with attitude. Women read attitude. Women give themselves, they send messages telepathically by attitude without even talking. Women can tell you, I don't like you, I don't like you, I don't want you near my man. I don't, attitude, no words. <laughs> so, when your husband or boyfriend offends you and you want to talk to him, wait till you are calm enough. Remove the attitude 
stay on the information. Most times women mix the two, the attitude and the information. And the man hates negative emotional energy. So when you bring it, just carries his shield like I'm Captain America. <laughs> and blocks both the information and the attitude. So you never pass any information to him. Calm down. When things are relaxed, just tell him that, that thing you did that thing, you pained me. But I know you're a nice guy. But that thing you did pained me. It was sinking. He would act like he didn't hear. But he'll go and think about it. But when the woman say, hey, you have done it again. Why are you useless like this? He would just block. <laughs> <laughs> so, so R for men is what? Respect. So I now coach the men. R for women is romance. You can't marry a woman and you are not romantic. You need to understand the being that you went to carry. That being you went to carry has watched Cinderella, Rapunzel, Beauty and the Beast, and all the other romantic cartoons and movies. She is full of fantasy. It's the reason why a lot of women are not even happy in their marriage, because the, the dream they have of marriage, no human being can even fulfill it. They are full of fantasy. Apostle, from when a girl is young, she's developing emotionally. She's playing with dolls. She's having conversations with these dolls. She's splitting these dolls' hair. She's changing their clothes. She's developing emotionally. A man, on the other hand, is playing with gun. Zero emotional development. He's playing football. Zero emotional development. So the being you are dealing with is highly emotional. She's full of fantasy. She's actually dreaming that one day you will fulfill her fantasy. And if you want to be a great man, a man that a woman will love. And trust me, when a woman feels loved, she's a superwoman. She can do anything for you. She will move mountains for you. So you must be romantic. Part of the reasons why, again, you need to be romantic is that the way a woman's mind is wired, it's always all over the place emotionally. Women are like smartphones. Too many notifications are opening at the same time. Pa, 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 a man is analog. You know, just call and text. But the woman, oh, notifications, Twitter, Facebook, uh, this app, that app, notifications are open everywhere. So her mind, sometimes she herself, she doesn't even know how she feels. I tell men, I tell men, look, you need to be calm with women. They're saying, oh, women are difficult, or they're trying to be difficult. They're not trying to be difficult. They already, it's difficult being a woman. Have you ever, I tell men, have you ever had period, monthly period before? Do you know what it feels like for all your hormones to be running up and down? You know what it feels like to wear a wig in a heat like this, and you wear a wig? <laughs> And you are hitting your head and you, are, you can't scratch inside. Do you know what it means? These people are battling insanity and you are... You are... It's a lot. <laughs> so you need to be more sympathetic. <laughs> you need to be more sympathetic with what it means to be a woman. This is why they love romance. Romance distracts their mind from all the activities going on. You need romance. Her mind is constantly... See, the way a woman's mind is, is rotating constantly. Men's mind is like rice. Everything is one-one. <laughs> a woman's mind is like spaghetti. Everything is mixed together. And it's not only mixed, it's constantly rotating. This is why sometimes your wife or girlfriend can bring up something from the past out of the blues. Because it has rotated and come to the front. <laughs> Even she doesn't know why we are talking about it and crying right now. This is something that happened three years ago. She's crying today. See, I don't like how you treated me on our wedding day. I've been married for seven years. I can never forget it. <laughs> because it has come from the back to the front. Even she doesn't know why she's crying right now. About something that happened seven years ago. Well, that's how our mind is wired. It's always rotating. 
and unfortunately for women, they have unlimited memory. Men have zero memory. This is why a man's favorite words when you're having quarrel is, let's move on. It's not because he's a nice person, because he doesn't have anywhere to store this discussion. Let's move on. No matter what, even if we killed somebody last year, let's move on. No storage. But a woman, everything that's happened to her all her life is stored. And it can come up at any time. That's why I tell uh, women, that's why I tell men, a, man, a woman can tell you anything and it's okay. But you cannot tell her anything. Because any, you have a right to remain silent. <laughs> For anything you say, we will be used against you in the court of law. She will not forget. <laughs> Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So uh, because of all the activities going on in our brain, you have to distract. Most women, they put men and women on the, on the chair. To do nothing. Scientists put stuff on their body. They put the men. When they put the men, after one or two hours or whatever, his brain activity reduced to almost zero. It was blank. It was blanked out. Just this is why women don't understand why we are watching TV, but we're not really watching it. Because we have seasons when our mind just shuts down and rests and you know reform. But for women, they go women to sit in that same chair. Her brain activity increased when she's doing nothing. She's wondering why am I sitting here with all the things I have to do. Her brain, because her mind is always moving, whether she will move in or not. That's why most women wake up tired. Yes, from sleep, they wake up tired. Because while they were sleeping, their mind was still going to the shop. How much is this thing? <laughs> they were pricing things in the market while their body was asleep. <laughs> so when you see that kind of machine running, you have to find a way to distract her from stress. And romance is one of the best ways. That's why I say, man, you must be romantic. It's not optional. You must be. And romance is not hard. Romance is doing the simple things in a special way. It's not hard. Everybody can be romantic. It's doing what? The simple things in a what? Special way. So you want to buy her perfume? Don't take her to the store and say, um, I want to buy perfume. You know you've been smelling of late. Come on. <laughs> Just pick anyone. These are all perfumes. Pick any type you want. <laughs> you know, so, so that's a waste of the effect. If, if you know you want to buy her perfume, or she, she was talking about she needs perfume, number one, she likes you to even find out the fragrance she likes. Yeah. Women like that you put effort into what you want to do for them. So find out the kind of fragrances she likes. And see, don't be afraid to guess wrong. Women will always call you for effort. Because men only want to be, I must get it right. No, you don't have to get it right. In fact, if all things are equal, you can never get it right. Because the things she likes are too different from yours. So, but if you, if you, if you can show your work, that I pick this one because I know you like this and this. You show your work, she will score you for effort. Even if it's not the right one you picked. She will say, I see you're working. You tried, you tried, you tried. 80 over 100. Are you here, somebody? So figure the one she likes out. Now, if you can't figure her best fragrance out, buy any of the new perfumes. Women like new things. They like to try out new things. So buy any recent release. And that will be your excuse that this one, it just came out. And I know you like it. <laughs> so buy the recent perfume. Don't just bring it to her. Say, hey, honey, guess what? I bought you perfume. See it. No. Wrap it. Hide it. In her bag, in the car, in her house. Hide it. One day she'll be doing something. She'll just see something wrapped. There will be a small post-it note on it. I know you will find it the way I found you. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. 
It's ordinary perfume. Hallelujah. You see? <laughs> Compare the difference between just buying perfume and bringing to her and what I just described. That's all. Romance is doing the simple things in a what? Special way. Don't just make it boring. Do, put, put, see, women like... See, women must have drama. If you don't create positive drama, they will create negative drama. But that drama... It must happen. So create your own positive drama. Are you here, somebody? Every time she's spraying that perfume, she'll be smiling. <laughs> it's not the perfume. She's remembering how you gave it to her. Are you here, somebody? <laughs> My wife went to give birth in America some years ago. I took her with the kids and went to rent a house, settled them in, and I said, I'm coming back to Nigeria for ministry. She said, are you going to come back before I put to bed? I said, no, I don't, I don't have time. You know, I'll, I'll be busy with church. Now, I, I knew I was going to come back, but you see, don't make your second coming boring. Even Jesus still now, we don't know when he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. He said, I will come like a thief in the night. I will surprise you. <laughs> he said, I will surprise you. You, you are coming. I just announced it. You have already called your wife. Please cook spaghetti for me or cook pasta. I'm coming on Thursday. No. Come like Jesus. Like a thief in the night. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and I know my wife, she hates being apart from me. She hates being away from me. So that's why we travel together everywhere we go. She hates being away, apart from me. So, so I knew my coming was a big deal. So I told her, no, I don't think I'll be able to come. So she was there managing herself. So one Sunday after service, I just called her. I said, honey, I'm, I'm going power bike riding with my guys. So it means you can't reach me on phone for a while. She said, okay, she understands. But I wasn't going power bike riding. I jumped on a plane. Got to America. Got people to take her out of the house. Entered the house. Sat down in the parlor. And she came back, opened the door and said, Huh? Who is this? I said, yeah, Jesus will come like a TV tonight. <laughs> um, yeah. Throughout the one week, I said, she kept touching me to be sure it was really me. That is it really you? I said, that's surprise. Don't just show up. Hallelujah. Do everything you do with effect. As men, don't waste anything. Don't waste what? Anything. Do everything you do with effect. I can never forget. <laughs> First time I bought my wife a phone, I couldn't buy her a brand new phone. We were dating then. She was still doing her masters. We're not married. We're dating. We're in courtship. And um, she has been saying her phone was bad. She didn't ask me to buy her a phone, but I knew her phone was bad. But I couldn't afford a brand new phone. I couldn't even afford a fairly used phone. <laughs> All I could afford was an unfairly used phone. <laughs> I don't know if you know unfairly used phone. <laughs> unfairly used phone, you buy the phone separate, you buy the charger separate, you buy the manual separate. <laughs> Unfairly useful. All the numbers are not showing where. You have to figure out where two is and where six is. That's what I could afford. But you see, the way you deliver is important. Some men, you, you can't afford a fairly useful phone. You go and buy one phone and you ask the guitar woman, please just manage it for me, you know. Just please bear with me, you know, we are struggling. Don't ever do that for a man. Don't ever do that. Don't go and tell a woman, you can see I don't have money. She can see already. <laughs> don't re-emphasize the poverty. <laughs> Women need... <laughs> she can see you don't have money. Women are looking for what to believe. Women are believers. So don't go there and say, just manage everything. See how it... No, no, no. Go there and say, look, it doesn't matter what we're buying today. I promise you, in a few years, I'll buy you the best phone in the world. <laughs> you live in any part of London you want to live in. That's how they talk. Women can already see you don't have money. She needs something to believe. So you raise her spirit, not bring her spirit down. You are emphasizing the fact that you don't have. She can see you don't have. She's already questioning herself that, is she sure? She should stay with this man. Then you now come and say, see, oh, we don't have. 
come and share your dreams. If your present is not pleasant, talk about your future. Did you get what I said, guys? <laughs> Hallelujah. If your present is not pleasant, talk about what? Your future. Nobody can challenge your future. They can only challenge your present. Nobody can tell you you can't be rich tomorrow. They are not in tomorrow. So I always used to tell my wife, look, I'm going to fly you around the world business class. I'd never seen airports that time. I had no clue how much business class ticket cost. But I was saying, look, I'm going to fly you around the world business class. And truly today we fly around the world business, literally around the world business class. But I said it with confidence those days. And I remember one day, her birthday, oh, I didn't finish the phone, finish the phone story. Her, uh, which one should I finish first? So I have so many, there are so many stories. So I, I bought the phone, but I didn't go and say, you manage this phone, no. She went to use the bathroom. I changed her SIM card, put the phone in her bag, hid it there. She got home to her hostel, and her phone was ringing from her bag, but it was a different ring. She said, that's not my phone, but that's my bag. She opened it and saw that I changed her SIM card into another phone, and I've changed her phone. And it was James Bond ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> She was more excited about the way I delivered the gift. She didn't notice it was an unfairly used phone. That he had no charger. <laughs> Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's the delivery. Don't, don't, don't come and you know, make things look... So like I said, I've been promising I'll fly over the world. And one day, finally, I was able to afford it. That's a different story, but I won't go into the details because I didn't know how much ticket, business class ticket cost. I wanted to surprise her. I first surprised myself. When I saw the prices of it. <laughs> but you see, every time you try to honor your wife, God blesses you. Every time. Listen, gentlemen in the house, women are favor carriers. God put favor on top of women. When you treat them right, whether it's your mom or your wife, when you treat them right, you will see favor. I kid you not. And it's scriptural. It's scriptural. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. First Peter 3, 7 says, if you don't treat your wife with understanding, your prayers will be hindered. So women are favor carriers. I'm not kidding you. Every time you really set out to honor them and please them, you will find God supplying grace and favor. Amen. So when I was looking for ticket, business ticket for, for her, her birthday was coming. Joyce Mayer was doing 30 years um, anniversary of her program. So I knew she, and she loves Joyce Mayer, so I knew she would like it. I was going to fly her business card. Only that I got the idea later. I got the idea in September, and her birthday was in September. And if I've ever, if I've ever bought tickets in summer, you know that that's when airlines make all the money they lost throughout the year. <laughs> Tickets are crazy. And it was such a short distance. But I knew I wanted to surprise her with that. And I began to ask for prices of tickets, and the prices were crazy. I was surprised myself. I was trying to surprise her, but I got surprised. <laughs> and I went and told her, I said, honey, I was planning to surprise you, but the price of tickets were crazy. She was like, oh, it's not that count. And when I did that, the Lugos said, why did you do that? Why did you give up? The Lugos rebuked me sharply. Because ah, sometimes the reason why we don't get answers from our prayers is that we're impatient. God's already working. You've placed an order. They're already processing it. Then you change the order. You leave the restaurant. God is not a man. So we confuse prayer and supernatural with magic. Magic is the one that does abracadabra. You get something out of nothing. Prayer is a process. If you are praying for a full human being, it takes time to put everything together. He might even be in a wrong relationship. God has to wait for them to break down and up. It's a process. There's no magic in God. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are praying for a kind of house. There might be somebody in that house. God has to get that person under accommodation. Then get the person out of that house. Then get you to meet the real estate agent that will know that that real estate agent. So it's a process. Nothing you ask God is magic. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So we pray most time. We think, oh, there's nothing God cannot do. Yeah. But you have to wait. That's why he tries to walk patience into your life. 
That's why if you are single, you are saying, I'm tired of being single. I'm, I can't wait anymore. Sister, you can't wait. Because if you can't wait now, you won't have patience in marriage. The patience you develop when you are single is one you will still use in marriage. And in marriage, you need loads of patience. So you can't wait. That's what the Bible says, the walking of your, the trying of your faith, walk at patience. So when you are now perfect, you'll be, I mean, when you are now mature or whatever, you, 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 you'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. You see, when you are patient, you won't miss any blessing. That's what I say, lacking nothing. You'll be able to wait it through. So, when I was here in prices, God rebuked me that, why did you give up? And he told me, go back and still search. And I called somebody I've not spoken to in years. I said, I'm looking for business class tickets to America. The person said, I have. I said, how much? That, now, now, before that time, all the prices I was seeing was about 1.4 million per person. That was, this was a long time ago, so 1.4 million naira was a lot of money. So it was per person, and I needed two tickets because I wanted to go to her. That's 2.4 million. I didn't have any money near that. So I, that's why I surprised myself. <laughs> and you know, apart from tickets, you pay hotel and everything there. So I could not afford it at all. But this person I called, I said, how much? The person said, how much do you want to pay? I said, let's start from free. <laughs> let's start for free and the person said I'll give you for free just pay the taxes on the ticket that goes to the government I'll give you for free and the person said I have four if you have two other friends that want to join I said I have <laughs> so I bought the four tickets because my guys took advantage of it Go, tickets to America that was literally about 200k or so business class that time it was crazy business class so the surprise was still on. So I told my wife one day that, hey, uh, my pastor said she pick somebody from the airport. Oh, she got dressed. I said, but when did your pastor start asking you to pick people at the airport? I said, hey, he just wanted me to do a favor. So she got dressed. We got to the airport. I said, honey, we're not picking anybody. I'm flying to US business class right now. Like I promised you many years ago. And she was like, but I've not packed anything. I brought her my debit card. I said, you will buy everything. You will buy everything you need. <laughs> We buy everything you need. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. Whenever you set out to honor a woman in your life, God will give you favor. Trust me, guys. Don't miss this. God will give you favor. I have too many stories of that, but I don't have, I don't have time. But romance is key for women. Romance. Women like romance. Doing the simple things in a world special. I could have told her, honey, let's travel for your this thing. If you are traveling next week, Thursday, start packing your things. That won't be dramatic. Take her to the airport. Women like shopping. We we'll buy everything. Say, I don't have bag. You buy bag. I don't have underwear. You buy. I don't have clothes for the conference. You will buy. Women like shopping. They have no problem shopping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here, somebody? Praise God. In closing, where's my time? Where's that time, Pastor? You said me I have time somewhere. Is there? Uh-huh. Okay. Second Samuel. So that book I just talked about is A to Z of marriage, and there are a lot of other books here. We have the all year round. How many people are married in the house? Married people, married people, married people. Ah, you have good my my people. There's this pack here called All Year Round. It is me and my wife coaching you all year round. One tip per week for 52 weeks. So it's like you're hearing my voice for 52 weeks. Please take advantage of it. It will be a blessing. 2 Samuel 13. 2 Samuel 13. This is Love Sunday. Let me tell you, nobody, I love you. You didn't look at them. Look at them for me. Look at your neighbor for say, I love you.
Apostle, the reason why the whole world is in trouble now is because of that word. That love, that word love. And unfortunately, we have, that word is so misunderstood. So misunderstood. Hallelujah. So misunderstood. Even the song we, listen, we heard today now. Amo, you don't make me fall in love. It's part of the problem. Because <laughs> we don't really know what love means. Second Samuel 13, are we ready? We're going to read. It said, after this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister, whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, did what? I can't hear you. He did what? Loved her. So they said he was in love. If I can give me an NIV, is that possible? DJ, give me an NIV. DJ Waxy. <laughs> What's her name? What's your name? Sorry? Ugo. So DJ Ugo. <laughs> so in the course of time, Amnon, the son of David, did what? Fell in love. That's what I wanted. Hey, tell your neighbor you will not fall. <laughs> Fell in love with the sister. Next verse, next verse. We're reading down. He said, Amnon became so what? Obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. He was so in love. Some of you have been there. You're so in love you can't eat. You're always thinking, you're obsessed thinking about that person. He said he was ill. He said she was a virgin and he found it hard to do anything to her. Next verse. It says, now Amnon had one advisor named Jonadab. Hey. He said he was, a he was a shrewd man. Look, most people that are in relationship crisis, they have bad advisors. Yeah. This is why you should talk to trained counselors. Your friends are not trained counselors. Sometimes your parents are not trained counselors. Your auntie is not a trained counselor. Talk to a trained counselor. All kinds of bad advice I hear that people give each other. The guy doesn't want you to say, sleep with him. Get pregnant for him. He will be forced to stay. Nonsense. Bad advice. So now he had um, a shrewd man. Next verse. And he asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Won't you tell me? Amnon now told him, look, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. Those days people married their sisters, okay? Their half-sisters. And this was his half-sister. He said, go to bed and pretend to be ill, Jonathan said. And when your father comes, tell him you would like your sister to bring food for you and all that. Next verse. So truly, um, so Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill as the advice the guy gave him. And his father came to see him and he told the father, let my sister come and give me food. Next verse. Next verse, I'm just married. So David sent word to Tamar and said, go to your brother and give him food. Next verse. <laughs> <laughs> he said, so Tamar went to the house of her brother, Amnon, who was lying down and she took food and made him food. Next verse. <laughs> then she took the pan and served him bread, but he refused to eat and sent and send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Next verse. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food here into my bedroom so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she prepared and brought it to his bedroom. Next verse. He said, but when she took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. Next verse. No, no, my brother. <laughs> she said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? 
you will be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Premarital sex always make a fool out of the people involved with it. You lose more than you gain. Do you know the Bible calls Esau a fornicator? You know Esau? In the New Testament, they call him a fornicator. So who is a fornicator? A fornicator is somebody that has premarital sex. A fornicator is somebody that gives up something of great value for zero or little value. That's who a fornicator is. So that's why this guy said you, you'll be like one of the fools in Israel. It's only a fool that gives up something precious for short pleasure. And I pray for you and for all those struggling with sexual immorality that God will give you the wisdom and the strength to live above immorality in the name of Jesus. You just lose too much. You lose business partners, you lose friends, you lose even potential spouses, you lose people that could be of great blessing to your life or you could be of great blessing to their lives just because of a moment's pleasure. You're losing too much. They call it fornication. So, say you be like one of the fools in Israel. Look at what she said. Say, what about me? Where could I get my idea? She said, please speak to the king. See what she was saying. She said, please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. Next verse. But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than her, he raped her. Next verse. Then Amnon did what? With what? Did you see that? He said, Amnon hated her with what? Intense hatred. He says, because, um, um, it's intense hatred. He says, in fact, he hated her more than what? Than he loved her. Amnon said to her, get up and what? Get out. Next verse. He said, actually, the hatred he hated her was more than the love where he loved her. He said, no. (laughs) She said to him, sending me away will be greater wrong than what you have already done to me. But he refused to what? Listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of here, out of my sight, and do what? Bolt the door. Let's see how it ends. So the woman put her out and all that. All that. We can stop there. Now, English has done us a lot of, uh, is it disjustice or misjustice? Injustice is what I'm looking for. English has done a lot of problems. Because English just interprets the word love as love. Um, pastor is a scholar and all that. So other advanced languages and even Bible language, Hebrew, Greek, Latin, all those languages, they're able to differentiate love with a different meaning because language is important. If you can differentiate the meanings, you also differentiate your level of commitment with it. But because we use love for everything, we use I love banana, I love Dolce and Gabbana, I love <laughs> Cubana, and I love all the... So we use the same word love for I love bananas, I love my wife, I love football. We use the same word love. So it doesn't have meaning. Or let me say, it doesn't have the meaning it ought to have. Use the same word. But in other languages, when you use love, they need to know which one you're talking about. That's why I say when you say, no, but I love you, ask him which kind. Which one? Because this, the Bible establishes that this guy was in love. He said he fell in love with his sister. He was so much in love, he couldn't eat. So the Bible agreed it was love. Just which kind? Which kind? There are many kinds of love in the scripture, but there are three love, kinds of love I think every couple needs. And the challenge is that you must know what the three are and how they apply to your love life. Or else you will enter trouble. There's no how you escape trouble if you don't know the meaning and know which one you're talking about. This one is the first kind of love. This one is the love that keeps the human race alive. This love is the one that makes a man want to mate and a woman want to mate. 
Did you get that? Yes. Women want a mate. Men want to mate. This is the natural love, natural passion, attraction. This is what people see and they say it was love at first sight. No, it was hormones at first sight. It wasn't love. But you see, because we use it like that, oh, I don't fall in love. Uh, you know, you don't make me fall in love. This is one. This is one that music and movies have pushed because this one is more interesting. The only challenge with this one is that it does not last. They never plan that you build the, a heavy commitment like marriage on top of it. And that's the mistake. People are trying to build marriage on top of this one. They almost start moving. The man wants to mate. The woman wants to mate. They go and marry because of this one. Don't marry for this one. No. You notice that when that guy had sex with her, he said he hated where well he hated her. That's the nature of this kind of love. It's very fickle, very short-lived. It's bright, but it's short. Because I've heard people say, oh, don't marry somebody you don't have a spark for. A spark is a short, bright light. So there's nothing wrong in a spark, but you can't build a relationship or marriage on a spark. You can have attraction at first sight. You can't have love at first sight. Because you don't even know the person. You don't know anything about the person. Listen, I have a book titled Common Love Lies that will stop you from finding true love. It's coming out um, first week in March. If you don't understand how love is, you will always think, oh, you know, um, 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 there's love at first sight. The moment I saw you, I loved you. You can't love somebody you don't know. Love is deeper than something you can have at first sight. This love is the one that keeps the human existence going because without it, Men will not be attracted to women. Women will not be attracted to men. This helps the world keep going. This, this is the one that, you know, when children are under five, they can be naked in each other's presence and not notice anything. They don't have this thing yet then. So without it, men will just see women as other men. So this is important. I'm trying to show you, God doesn't make anything that is useless. The only challenge is that when we misuse what he makes for the wrong reason, it now looks bad. Sex is beautiful. If you have it outside marriage. It becomes dangerous. But sex in itself is holy. It's beautiful. So God doesn't make any useless thing. This kind of love is useful. It's what makes us get attracted to each other. So we should say, yes, I was attracted at first sight. That's absolutely true. But you can't say you love the person at first sight. That's not true. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? So this love keeps the world going. It's important. But we don't build marriage on it. We don't go and sign documents on it. Are you here, somebody? We don't make pledges on it. We don't start keeping our money together on it. We don't do a mortgage together on it. We don't loan money to, on it. It's just attraction love. It is strong, but it's very short-lived. So you must move to the second kind of love. I'm summarizing. These things, I can take one hours to preach, but I'm summarizing it. The second kind of love, because every couple needs the three. The second kind is, you see it in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, DJ Gim from verse 3. Verse 3 and 4. DJ Ugo in the house. <laughs> Quickly. Because I, I have a book here titled How to Know If He or She Really Loves You. Listen, if you're a guy, there's a way to know if the lady really loves you. If you're a lady, there's a way to know if a guy really loves you. Because he says, I love you, doesn't mean he loves you. I listen about five things each, and it's two books in one. So if you buy it, you get the other person's own. Same book, just two different covers. Uh, how to know if he loves you, how to know if she loves you. Look at this. 
He said, likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Next verse. That they can urge the younger women to do what? Love their husbands. When I come again next time, I'll talk about the difference between men and women. God never talks to men and women the same in the Bible about marriage. Never does. So, if, if you are stuck in English and you read this verse, you would think this love here now is the same one as that guy that had sex and forgot the person. You think this love is the same one that is mentioned somewhere else. No, this love is unique. This word love here is filio. It means friendship kind of love. Brotherly love. So they select the older women because they have experience. Let them teach the younger women that just, they are millennials and Gen Z. They just got married and their body's hot. <laughs> Let these older married women that have married for a while teach these younger women that their blood is hot. That they should love their husbands. And that word love is, what they're saying is that let the older men teach younger men to be friends with their husbands. So the first love is needed by both genders. This second love is more needed by men. Both people need it, but men appreciate it. A man wants a friend. But unfortunately, women just want to be girlfriend. So every conversation for her has to be emotional. No matter what you are discussing, she wants to make it about her and about her love, and about her emotion. A man needs to talk to you once in a while as if you are just his body. Just gist with you. And say, look, man, I'm, I'm thinking about how to make it in business and all that. Just talk. Not that when he calls you and says, I might not make it today again because I have work. You say, oh, oh, so your work is more important than us. I'm not important. You just work, work every day. What about me? No, sometimes he wants to have a conversation with you. And you will make it emotional. He needs a friend. I've seen women that have broken their husband's TV because he watches football too much. I said, no, you should watch with him. Watch with him. Buy your own jersey. Put babe 01 behind. <laughs> and on match day, wait and sit down. and Say, honey, the match has started. Come out. Watch with him. This is why men can leave their house with a big screen TV and go and watch match in the pub. Because the other guy is there that will not have any emotional conversation. We'll just talk about football. So be his friend. Most single people don't know what married people do in marriage. It's friendship. We'll just talk. They think we're having wild sex, Pastor. <laughs> Say, if I marry, hey! Wild sex, morning, afternoon, night. This is what they think we're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, married people, <laughs> there are some married people that have not had sex in one month. Some have not had sex in one year. And I'm a counselor, so real situations. There's even one we dealt with, they have sex every once in two years when they want to have children. Real situations. So I don't know what you're thinking marriage is, but it's largely two friends living together. If someone can make it as your friend, they can make it as your spouse. Are you here, somebody? Most young people hate talking stage. They hate friendship stage. That is the main deal. Anybody that can pass that stage can make it in the future. And what you guys don't realize, this will help you. A lot of you that say, oh, I, don't, uh, I didn't fall in love with him. I don't have feelings for him. I don't love him. Most times it's because you didn't give that man or woman a chance to even be your friend. Once there's friendship, anything is possible. But if you stop them from being your friend because of their looks, or because of their financial status, because of the car they have or don't have, and you already block them, your emotions will never come out. 
But if you can allow them to be your friend, you will know them enough to know if this guy has potentials or if this girl has potentials. But you are judging just with your looks because all you've been seeing on online and on talk shows is about looks, looks, looks. Are you here, somebody? So you think that's what love is all about. And you listen to those songs and watch those movies where everybody has six packs and everybody has, um, you know, figure. That's not real life. Is somebody know what I'm saying? Allow friend, become an expert at building friendships. When you build friendship, you know somebody enough to know if they will make it. How many hours are in a day? I can't hear you. How many hours are in a day? 24. If you pray for one hour together as a couple, how many hours are left? 23. If you have sex for one hour, as a couple, now, nobody has sex for one hour. <laughs> Except they are jobless. But most people, most people don't have sex for one hour. All those things you watch is, is movies. Is all those pornography you watch is acted. It's not real. Sometimes they end and go home and come back and continue from there. It's movies. They're cameramen and everybody powder, everybody dead. It's not real. Nobody's breaking their plates. Because some people think, oh, they break away, tear your clothes. Nobody's tearing clothes or breaking plates. You're owing the landlord. You can't break plates. <laughs> you can't break the dishes. Nobody, 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 all the things are movies. So most people are not having sex for one hour. But let's just assume you have sex for one hour. How many hours are left now? What will you do? Stuck in the house 22 hours with somebody that is not your friend. During COVID, divorce rates went up. Because now people were stuck with their problems. You know, life distracts you. You go to school, you go to the work, you are distracted from your problem. Now you are stuck at home. With the person you married, divorce rates and domestic violence went up. Because people were frustrated staying at home with somebody they didn't like. Marry your friend. At the end of the day, when the looks are gone, when the emotions are gone, the thing that will be left is that friendship. And the scripture confirms it. It says, let the older women, because they are experienced now, teach these younger women that think everything is about shape and six-pack. <laughs> teach them that be friends with your husband. My wife is such an amazing person. Although she has changed a bit now. <laughs> when we were still young in marriage and we didn't have kids, she would go bike riding with me. Because I ride power bikes a lot. Even when I travel to places like Dubai, we'll go to this place called Hafit Mountain. It's a mountain, it's spiral road mountain. You'll be seeing the, the ground like this. Beautiful place, scenic. And she'll ride bike, power bike with me on those places. And we'll do all kinds of crazy things. The lady will start having kids now. She'll stop all those things. <laughs> she said, one of us must be alive to take care of children. <laughs> See, men, don't trust women. When they have children, the way they will, the way they will treat you. <laughs> But you see, she's, but she, she knows how to play. Because guys, see, guys never outgrow playing. We still like our toys. From when we were young. When we grew, the toys just change. Before it was a toy car, now it's a real car. But it's still a toy. Is somebody get what I'm saying? He still wants his PS5. So you should go and buy it for him. Not say, why are you wasting our money on PS5? No. Be his friend. My wife is such an expert in that area. Last year, end of season of football. I'm a Man City fan. Yes, I'm a Man City fan for many years. So last season, and last day of the season, we were two goals down 70-something minutes of the match. Two goals down. And Liverpool was winning their side. And I have too many enemies that are Liverpool people that we've been fighting. So if you know Pastor Pojo Imadi, you know Nathaniel Bassi, they were Liverpool and they were, were already very bantering that. We'll see who will win. So my wife was already rubbing my leg because she thought that we were losing 2-0. She was like, if people lose this match, those people won't let you rest. She was already petting me. She's my friend. She knows what's happening in the league. So women don't even know what the league I'm talking about is. 
They even know football. They don't know say who is offside. What is offside? They don't even know. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Marry your friend. All right, that's the second kind of love. And once there's friendship, you weather many storms. You weather the times when you are in season and out of season. You weather the times when you are emotionally high and you're not. You're not. Friendship will outlast anything. The last kind of love. I'll just touch on that, then we'll do some QA. Ephesians 5. DJ, give me where the Bible says, Husbands, love your wife. Everybody needs this, but particularly women appreciate this kind of love. Everybody needs it, but women appreciate it. Ephesians 5, I think 20, 25 ish, 24 ish. He said, Husbands, love your wife. Again, the word love in that scripture. DJ, give me now. It's easy. Either 24 or 25. Just. If you, start, if you put one, then you start scrolling. We will see it. <laughs> track two. This wife, so go to track three. Uh-huh, thank you. Look at it here. He said, husbands, do what? Love. love your wives. Just as what? Christ loved the church and did what? Gave himself for her. This word love here, again, is a different love. You see what I'm saying? Why English limits you? English just messes up with your idea of love. So when some people are saying, I love you, they're talking about the first one. I say, woman, don't accept that one because merely he sleeps with you. <laughs> he will say, get up, get out. Women are always shocked that men change once they sleep with you. You know the reason now. It's in the Bible. There's nothing that's not in the Bible. There's nothing not in the Bible. Men drastically change how they feel about you once they sleep with you. Especially when what was propelling them was that sexual desire. Once it's fulfilled, they literally avoid you till they get aroused again. Somebody getting what I'm saying? So, this is the love a woman really wants. Husbands, love your wife. This is what love is. It's agape. It's the God kind of love. It's a sacrificial. This love must cost you something. This love is not just I love you in words. It will cost you something. So, look out for a man that is willing to go the extra mile. A man that gives himself. This love will stretch you. You can't have this love and not be stretched. This is why marriages are failing. People are building on the first one. Some are building on just the first one and the second one. You need all three. Because this last one, even when the passion goes, even when the friendship dies, this one holds on. Because it's not built on human strength. It's built on God's ability. This is why we say don't marry an unbeliever. Because somebody that's, an unbeliever, that's not a Christian doesn't even have the supply of that supernatural strength. The Bible said the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, you have capacity to love like God. This is why you must marry another born again Christian. Because times when both of you don't like each other, God can still influence you. Are you getting what I'm saying? This love stretches. It will pain you to cost you. It's sacrificial, practical love. You will do something that will cost you, but because you love your partner, you are going the extra mile. Somebody gets what I'm saying? So how much are you willing to pay? What price are you willing to pay for the love you claim you have? When people say, I don't love you anymore, they don't have this one. Because the Bible says about this one in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love never fails. This one doesn't fail. No matter the crisis. For every couple that is breaking up and having given a reason why they are breaking up, I can give you couples that have gone through the same thing and are still striving today. So it's never the issue. The issue is your capacity to love the way God wants you to love. Are you blessed this evening? Come on, give the Lord praise. <laughs> Hallelujah.